We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we start this episode, we wanted to let you know about what the Uncontested Podcast will be doing for the NBA Draft on July 29th, Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. There are lots of draft parties going on around Oklahoma City. We will not be hosting and competing with them. Instead, we're going to have another live stream for the NBA draft. It will be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're going to have tons of guests. People are going to be able to chat and come and hang out, ask questions, and react live to all the Woj bombs, trades, and selections made during the draft. So if you happen to be hanging out at home or at the gym, maybe you're at one of those draft parties sitting at a booth having a beer, we invite you to log on to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter at The Uncontested and tune in to our live stream and listen along and react with us in real time. Along with that, we want to do a couple of giveaways. In the description of this podcast and on all of our social media channels, we will be posting a link to the Mockout app. That's M-O-C-K-O-U-T, the Mockout app. And on that app, you can create your very own NBA mock draft, top 30, the first round. You can then enter the Uncontested's mock draft tournament. You'll just upload the mock you create uh, to the link that we tweet and put on Facebook and Instagram Or, again, in this podcast description, whoever wins our mock draft challenge and gets the most picks correct, we will be buying an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey of whichever rookie the Thunder select, your choice, and mailing it to you for winning the contest. Also, over the next week, be on the lookout for another social media post from us that's going to include a a reply contest. You'll just reply to the social media post, and if you win the contest, we will be sending you your very own uncontested t-shirt. We have the Lutang Clan shirts, the SGA shirts, of course the Pokemon shirts, and some official The Uncontested merch as well. So be on the lookout on social media for those two contests, and on Thursday, July 29th at 7 p.m., regardless if you're at home, at the gym, mowing the lawn, hanging out with friends, or at a draft party, Pull up YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter and watch along and react to the live news of the NBA draft with the hosts from The Uncontested and all of our guests that we'll have on. We hope you guys enjoy this episode of the show and we will talk to you soon. 
Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connect together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live Sunday, July 18th. We are on YouTube. Twitter, and Facebook for our weekly live stream. If you're joining us tonight live, thanks so much. Just on the podcast version of this on Monday or Tuesday, we appreciate you as well. Please go drop a five-star rating on whatever app you are using to, to listen to this podcast. It would mean a ton to us. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob. I've got Taylor Peterson along with me tonight. So I had the uh, office door shut. And there's, I didn't realize this until we started podcasting, but there's a fly buzzing around in here. So I'm not sure if you guys are breaking bad fans, but I feel like Walt and uh, Jesse in the fly episode. I do not watch that show. Oh, I also have not show. watched breaking bad. Such so a good show. I'm, I'm the a little thing out is, on is, found your guys' summer homework is like <laughs> that. I would be willing to watch this show, but Mr. Mr. Niffin Jacob, he does not watch popular Netflix shows. Like he didn't watch <laughs> The Office. He didn't watch Tiger King. That. It took yep. him a real long yep. time to watch Parks and Rec. Yes. Yeah. And if you're looking it. for anything popular, it's a no. But if you're looking Fast and Furious <laughs> movies, it's oh, yes. yes. I haven't got to see the new one yet. That's happening either. this week. That's happening this week. We've also got Kamiar live on the stream here who is dying of being old he turned 30 uh, a couple weeks ago and it's just been all downhill just went her. downhill yeah quick. i i uh <laughs> i probably was something that i worked out yesterday and then i got up and i basically my lower back was awful and so i've been on heating pads all day and then uh yeah hasn't been very fun oh yeah and i got a dog dna test kit because i was really curious about one of my dogs <clears throat> and when we swapped his mouth, yep. Um, you have to put it back in a container and like put some, like shake it up. We for did some that for Brody. Okay, yeah. so you know, yeah. And and uh, okay, that's really cool, Marcus. Um, and <laughs> when when Amanda gave me the swab back so I could put it in the container, I accidentally yep. dropped it on my rug. <laughs> And then, and I was really, and I picked it back up real fast, and I put it in the solution. I shook it up, and then we mailed it off. And I was floaties in the solution. Did I have what? Had like floaties, like shit from your rug. I, like I didn't know. I don't. Stuff. I don't think so. But so like then, human hair, like your other dog's see, hair. That's not. That's not. So I was worried about that. It would say like he yep. came back as like part Turkish because the rug is Turkish, <laughs> and um, but congrats, then, your dog's Persian. <laughs> and then I I got an email back today that said, "Hey, there's something wrong with your swab, so we're sending you an extra one." And I was like, "Oh, thanks, guys," as if I didn't know awesome. that I dropped it on my rug before I sent it to him. 
Let's hope doggy <laughs> DNA does not listen to the uncontested and find out that Kamiar really just, just got a free day in it. DNA. Yeah, I was so excited too. They're like, Oh, we received your, 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 your little test kit. I was like, you're like, yes. And I'm so excited to find out what this guy, this guy is. And then it was, it's a no go. So we got to redo the process. So Brody was basically just to, you know, completely take us off topic here. <laughs> he was based almost half and half uh, Chihuahua Jack Russell. But then there was like, like a random, like 10, 15% of just like all these other random like breeds, like 10 or 15 of them. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm afraid bears going to be like 12 different things. And all the Dr Draymond being team USA's best player right now. is not good. Oh for boy. America. Hey, NBA draft prospect uh, group is having a pretty good game, though. From what sure. yeah. She's good good for him game. getting uh, getting some last minute game time for uh, for some scouts. So one hundred percent. Speaking of Taylor, great segue there. As we count down, we are nine, ten, eleven days away from the NBA draft. We also have Nick Crane joining the pod live from his library. A wild Nick appeared. It's my favorite <laughs> library because I would read all of those books. I've already read them all. They're all pretty good. I can I can vouch for them. He's got the cat in the hat over there. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. We uh we don't cancel Dr. Seuss here on the Uncontested. All right, I'm done. I promise. I promise. <laughs> um, speaking of the NBA draft, we are like ten or eleven days away. Um, it is it is. Coming quickly, I think we're going to start to get a lot more rumors and draft scuttle coming out as the NBA Finals are approaching its end. But guys, I wanted to talk a little bit tonight. I, as some of our listeners know, I am a teacher for a living. Uh, so Kalmiar and I both are on summer break right now, which means we do absolutely nothing and my sleep schedule is botched. So I don't go to bed till like 2 or 3 a.m. That's where I'm at right now. And so at about 1 a.m. last night, I got really bored and I decided to do some draft data that I've been wanting to look at for a while. So I wanted to read off this draft data to everyone here listening to the show. And then I wanted to do an activity with this as well. Uh, so the data that I decided to look up, I wanted to see what are the odds of picking an all-star when you look at where a player is selected in the draft. So I decided let's look at a, a large swath of draft years. Let's break it down into, into tiers and see how many players in those tiers become an all-star or an all-NBA player. I figured it's unfair to look at the 2020 or the 2019 or the 2018 draft because those kids are just still so young they haven't had a chance to become an all-star, right? Makes sense? So instead, the data I looked at was from the 07 draft through the 2016 draft. That's 10 years of draft prospects. And the tiers I broke it into are picks one through four and then picks five through nine. I looked at everybody picked in that range to figure out what are your odds of selecting an all-star or an all-NBA caliber player. Here's what I found. If you are picking one through four in that 10-year span, People taken one through four in the draft, 47.5% of those players became NBA All-Stars. 35% of those players became All-NBA, either first, second, or third team. Then you look at picks five through nine in those same, in those same draft years, those 10 years. Picks five through nine, only 20% of those players 
became all-stars. 18% of them made an all-NBA team. So that's a drop-off for sure. <laughs> the odds literally get chopped in half after you go from pick one through four to pick five through 19. Well, here in 2021, the NBA draft is approaching. And as we all know, the Thunder have the sixth overall pick. Now, the odds over that 10-year span say that 20%, one out of five players will become an all-star. Well, there's five selections between five and nine. So every year in five through nine, the odds tell you that one of those guys will become an all-star. I want us to look at some of the guys that might be selected five through nine and see if we can figure out which one of them will become an all-star. So I've compiled a list. I've kind of combed through the mock drafts as I think everybody has. And I've looked at a lot of these projected players. And here is the list I have. And I want us to decide which of these guys we think has the best chance of becoming an NBA All-Star. The players we're looking at, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, James Booknight, Franz Wagner, Davion Mitchell, Alperen Shengun, Josh Giddy, Jalen Johnson, and Keon Johnson. So let's just start at the top of the list, discuss each of these, these prospects, and try to see if we can boil it down to an agreement between all four of us on which one of these guys we think will end up becoming the all-star. So Nick, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Let's talk top of the list, Scotty Barnes. Out of all these guys, do you think Scotty Barnes has the potential to be the all-star out of that list? And why or why not? So he's a weird one. This is going to sound like a weird answer. Um, I think he could end up being one of the best players on the list, but I don't necessarily think that results in an all-star appearance. He's got that style of play that I think he's going to be a huge impact on winning. Um, He's going to be a highly sought after type of player. He brings all the skill sets you want, but he's not going to be, you know, the guy that drops 25 a night and gets all the votes, especially if he's in Oklahoma city, right? Um, It's just going to be really, really tough. So um, I'd give him a good shot to, to hit one of those thresholds, but I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath just because of his, his style of play and what he does. Come here. Any thoughts on Scotty before, man, before you answer that, I I do want to mention, I have Kevin O'Connor's big board pulled up. Uh, and I wanted to read off for each of these guys. Uh, Kevin O'Connor doesn't do comps. He does, quote, shades of. So for Scotty, he has Draymond Green and Pascal Siakam as shades of for Scotty Barnes. Man, I, I don't know. I I think I, I really agree on Nick said. Um, he's hit. I mean, he really, really, really. He could like I would like to compare him to Draymond Green. The only reason why I see it because he's tall, he's gonna play like a four position, uh, and he's good at passing and handling the ball. And like that, that's it. There are so many other players you could re compare him to. Um, I just because of his skill set, he the the highest B is not something that's like an all or 
a guy that's gonna come you know maybe he might make an all like are you saying all nba or are you talking about like an all nba team like remember when tony allen was like, defending somebody actively and he was like team all defense are you talking about kind of all, all nba all team no just like being selected to an all-star game in their career i don't so no but he, I, I think he'd be really special uh, i'd be a really cool like, role player. like like jeremy i mean won't make an all to Jeremy Grant in the East. I'd actually eventually an all-star team. So I, I it just depends. Uh, but I don't, I don't see the West anytime soon. I think that's fair. Uh, and also, Kamiar, to kind of go along with your point there, the all-star game is very much predicated on like counting stats. And I just, I don't think, I don't see Scotty being a 23, 24 night per game scorer, you know? So mm-hmm. Taylor, anything else to add on Scotty Barnes? This is one I'm like pushing back 100% on. I uh, I think Scotty's ceiling is just like maybe higher than even some of the consensus top four picks in this draft. Um, I, I, I made this comparison on this last podcast and doing some more research and looking back into it. He's almost like the, I, I said Ben Simmons, he's almost like anti-Ben Simmons, right? Where Ben Simmons was a consensus point guard coming into the draft. Uh, basically a jumbo point guard with just incredible IQ and court vision and, um, and I, it, maybe in the NBA, you know, like we've seen, especially with the Sixers, he's more of a four or five who uh, can play like some point four, even point center. I think Scotty should be a point. I, I think he can play some point guard. I'll put it that way. I think if you have him on the floor, even if you're starting him, quote unquote, in the power forward position, position, excuse me, just like we talked about earlier um, in this offseason, we were doing player grace for the Thunder. Shea was really listed as a small forward, but obviously he was the, the lead ball handler. He was playing the point guard role for the Thunder. I think you're going to have, uh, if the Thunder, you know, in this hypothetical situation were to draft Scotty, I think they're going to be, Shea and Scotty are going to be your two lead ball handlers. And so because of that, um, I, I think it's just a perfect fit for him. If he finds that fit with that team who don't just pigeonhole him into a four or a five, he probably won't reach that ceiling. But I think he has that in him. I really, really do. Not just because of the IQ, not because of the court vision. His defense is stellar. I think he's, of all the, the players in the draft, I think he has the highest uh, potential and opportunity to be all defensive NBA team um, at some point in his career. But I think the offense is going to get there as well. And, you know, we, we keep talking about his freshman year, not us, but just general um, NBA evaluators keep talking about his freshman year at Florida State. But, like, I, I don't take a lot of stock into one year in college, rather it's again, fit. You know, we saw a lot of Kentucky guys, Shay's a perfect example who are kind of put into roles. They don't really get to show their full game. The game's completely different. We had all the COVID stuff going on. I think there's a lot more offensive versatility that Scotty possesses that we haven't seen yet. And he's one of those guys speaking of Shay, that kind of reminds me of somebody who just continues to improve and build on their game each and, uh, and every off season. I wouldn't be surprised if he develops more of a jumper. It already looks better in the combine. I don't know. I think Scotty uh, absolutely will make an all-star game at some point in his career. As long as he's in get, like I said, it, he, he doesn't get go like the Bagley route where he's stuck in like a, a, a bad situation <laughs> right out of uh, the draft. He's in like a example. Okay. See, I think would be perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with Kamiya. I don't like the Draymond comp a ton. I do kind of like the Pascal Siakam comp, and I see a little bit of Jeremy Grant there too. Um, so that's an interesting one. Nick, I'm coming back to you to start off with our next guy, which is Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, Kevin O'Connor, his shades of for Kaminga. Danny Granger, Luol Dang, 
Jeff Green. He's another super high risk, high reward. Um, I think God, it's so tough with him because um, he's all over the board at this point on on kind of what guys think he is. I would put him at a higher chance than Scotty. I know that wasn't the question. Um, and, and considering the guys that we're going through here, I, I would definitely put him up there. He kind of gets put in negative light for his creation ability and some of his offense offensive stuff. I, I think it's a little bit overblown. Like he showed some really impressive things against grown men in the G league uh, this, this past season. Uh, I'm probably higher on him than most, but I would, I would definitely consider him a, a candidate to, to be an all-star at some point. Come here. No, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people were still really big on Scotty Barnes and, and people are especially now really big on James Buchnight just because he, uh, there's uh, things linking him and OKC to OKC really like Scotty Barnes, what, whoever reported that the other day. And, uh, <laughs> okay. And so I really like, but I, I've always really liked Kaminga. I mean, like I know people want to compare him to, um, I saw, what was it? Oh, was it Chris Bosch? Did somebody say Chris Bosch at one point? I've heard Chris Bosch for Evan Mobley. I don't know if I've heard it for Kaminga. I can see Kaminga being a dude that, again, like Nick says, high risk, high reward. I mean, this, this is what you, this is where you are. This is what you get in the lottery. I mean, how many times did, uh, uh, how many times did, oh, who, who was it that drafted Johnny Flynn? It was over Steph. How many times? Minnesota. Oh my god, goodness, man! Like, and but that—that's one of those high risk, high rewards, right? He looked really, really good uh, at Syracuse, I think. And so I think that Jonathan Kaminga, I mean, just along with the big wing, uh, he could be a great defender for you. And I think with the high, high, high reward, he ends up being something like a big kind of Jalen Brown, of course. Yeah, or, that's what uh, I was gonna throw out there. He also can be. Uh, if he like settles into like a role player role, I guess it'd be like a lesser OG Ananobi or Alpha Rukaminu. In worst case scenario, he's just like out of the league in like five years. And like I'm, a, I know I hated Alpha Rukaminu in Portland just because we played him so much in OKC. Um, but Alpha Aminu was a good role player for them. Yeah. Uh, My- well, one one weird thing about him, and and it's similar <clears throat> to Sharif Cooper. I've seen him listed everywhere from six six to six nine. And that's a huge difference in his ceiling as a player. If he's if he's six six, like he's really just an undersized shooting guard, you know, type sized guy. If he's six yep. nine and can be that jumbo wing, like yep. it's a different different yep. story. Yeah, I'm Spike, seeing six Spike, seven. Spike Lee said this. It's got to be the shoes, Jay. <laughs> right. I'm uh, and Taylor. Before you go, real quick here on Wait, on Jonathan Kaminga, I just. I don't know a ton about draft prospects. I can't watch guys and, and project where they are. I mean, the people that can do that are making a crap ton of money from NBA franchises. But smart people that I think are good at it, the the Mike Schmitz, the Jonathan Gavonis, the Sam Vecinis, um, these, these different people that are iffy on Kaminga um, because some of the things like the IQ and the attention to detail and... You know, he's always grown up just being the biggest and strongest guy. I don't know. I, I start to get worried that I'm getting like some 
Harrison Barnes, Rudy Gay type vibes. And not that either of those are bad players. Those are like rotational players in the league, but they're never going to be like the focal point of a team. They're never going to be your your 1B on, on a deep playoff run type of team. That That's where some of my uh, skepticism for Kaminga comes from. As I, as I worry, does he just become yep. one, one of those type of guys? So, uh, sorry, Taylor, go ahead. Rudy Gay in Toronto is good. Yeah, fair. Yes. And yes. so Rudy like Gay in Memphis was good. So the ceiling for Kaminga is he's a um, all-star, maybe borderline superstar. Um, I think like midway, midway point would kind of be what you just described, Jacob, like Rudy Gay type of player. Floor though, this is the player like I keep thinking about because it just reminds me of the kind of prospect that he is. Not necessarily eh, their games are kind of were kind of similar heading into the draft, but Jabari Parker, right? Just like relies so I like that like so much on athleticism. Um, I, I know in the pre-draft process that Jabari Parker was really working on his outside shot, and um, it, it looked really really good. It kind of even sold over some. Um, some of the decision makers that were that were watching some of his workouts and uh, people felt better about it. But as we all know, and injuries mainly were the main reason for that. But it just didn't work out with Jabari. Again, another guy I think that fits really going to matter for him if he gets with in the right situation. He shows flashes of making incredible plays and playmaking. Um, he shows flashes with his jump shot. I think his jumper can be I don't want to say fixed, but improved um, in the right situation. But just like that fast twitch athleticism, it's just absurd. Maybe like the most explosive player in this draft. Uh, maybe next to like Jalen Green. I think they're, they're both kind of on the same plane in terms of like just stellar athleticism. So Kaminga absolutely has, like I think like Nick was saying originally, has the most all-star potential of anybody um, on this list. But the, there's just so many more unknowns. Um, regardless, he's the kind of player I don't mind taking a flyer over. Um you know, I, I really like James Booknight. I did, a, or Booknight, or however you want to pronounce it. I did a lot of um, research on him. Well, he he played against TU, so I had none of them some. I uh, I watched his one-on-one that he had with with uh, Mike Schmitz of ESPN, but I really kind of did a deep dive this weekend. And I, I wouldn't be mad if OKC drafted a Booknight or like a Shangloon or, you know, somebody like that. I just, I'd rather take a swing on a guy like Kaminga. So I think I'm with Nick and Kamiar in the terms that he probably has the most all-star potential here. Interesting. All right, let's move on to the next guy. Taylor's kind of alluded to him here. Nick, I'm coming back to you. Uh, James Booknight out of UConn is the next one on our list. Uh, Shades of by Kevin O'Connor, Donovan Mitchell, CJ McCollum, Jordan Clarkson. Um, I'm, I'm much less high on him than a lot. I know there's a lot of traction on Thunder Twitter. Um, kind of gravitating towards him. I think him at six is a huge reach um, at 10 through 14, maybe. Um, I think everything would have to go right for him to be an all-star level player. Like there's a lot of guys that can score the ball. His assist numbers were low. His turnover numbers are high. Um, I, I just see him. I, I see him being a, a solid sixth man and that's not going to get you an all-star bid. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people comp him to like Jordan Clarkson with Utah. Yes. I see a little more CJ McCollum in him, and McCollum's also never made an all-star team. True. Um, I, I see some CJ McCollum in him, but he's he's an interesting one. Call me any thoughts on Book Night? As if unless he develops into like a real serious guy, I like like I mean, I agree with Nick again. Um, he reminds me like is he reminds me of I told you guys like Zach Levine and Dion Waiters. Yeah. So I mean, it's like 
not not their body types, but their their style of play. Not doing much for you defensively, but he's big, he's long. I agree with the Clarkson comparison, same kind of situation. I think that that's the and that's the highest he can be, like Zach Levine and whatever you know. Um, uh, Clarkson is, you know, they might make an all-star game or like an event, but I don't right think he, season. yeah, exactly. I, but I don't think he's going to ever be an all-star or make that or be an MVP or anything. Yeah. Like I, I really like the idea of book night alongside Shea on the thunder for multiple reasons, but um, in terms of all-star potential, yeah, it's much, much lower than the first two guys we mentioned. Um, one comparison that I saw that I actually don't hate is like a Jamal Murray. Um, he's built a little differently, but I like that kind of very similar in, in the sense of uh, kind of the role that they, I think that they, he could play on an NBA team. But yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced he's going to make an all star team. All right. I, I think I'm a little higher on book night than the rest of you guys. I think he's got a little more of a chance uh, just from his dynamic, like can score at three levels. His his build. I know, Kamiar, you mentioned um Dion Waiters, as far as play style, but not as build. His build and his athleticism, I see. His I'm not saying he's this guy, wild. but I'm seeing a little bit of John Morant there, as far as the explosiveness and yep. the ability to get above the rim and the quick twitch. I, I see a little bit of that in the way he moves. So, um, all right, next guy, Franz Wagner. Uh, Kevin mm. O'Connor comps him. Lamar Odom, Danilo Gallinari, Xavier Tillman. Nick, what are your thoughts on Franz? I'm higher on him than I am Mo. Although Mo has had a solid yeah. little Olympic uh, run here. Um, his defense is better than people think. Yep. He's a better playmaker than people think. All that to say, I still don't think he's a lottery talent. Um, I think he's, and I'm not just saying this because of what Jacob's going to say, but I think he's somewhere in between like a, Gordon Hayward and a Joe Harris, or like a Bogdanovich. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> all the white European players. Anything similar with these guys? White European. I just, I just don't think Joe he, Harris. He, he does a lot of things solid. Like he's a for for his size, he's a he's a good defender from multiple positions. He can pass. I just don't think he does anything great. So, so sizes I think, are. Little- I don't think he has a chance. Sizes are a little different here as well as I think athleticism between the two, but I think of his role being similar to that of what we've seen with Cam Johnson for the Phoenix Suns. Um, I don't think Franz is going to be like making an all-star game again, not to compare their games directly there, but just like in terms of the role he'll play for a team um, and the right role. I could see him doing that for a very long time in the league. He's a glue uh, guy great. for sure. To right, me. right. But not an all-star. Gives yep. me major Sam Decker vibes. I'm out. Oh, wow. That ain't good. Sam Decker. <laughs> I remember making Sam Pecker jokes back in the day. You he still was, make he was those supposed jokes. to be. Still he was a them. sweetener in the Chris Paul trade to Houston. Yep. Wasn't very sweet. <laughs> remember when he <laughs> fell down flat on his face, like trying to reach a ball, like he tripped over himself? That's fantastic. Love that. Oh, uh, I think we don't need to talk about Franz anymore. Let's move on to the next guy, Davion Mitchell. Um, when we look at Kevin O'Connor's breakdown here, he's got Davion Mitchell, Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, Norman Powell, which I think is very high praise, and I would not put Davion in that tier. I Nick, think, what do you think? If you if, if he was 19 years old, um, 
think the whole, I mean, obviously the whole aura around him would be a little bit different. He's just so old relative to other uh, draft prospects. Um, his, his offensive leap that last season at Baylor was so significant that I almost don't buy it. If that makes sense. The shooting percentage from three for sure. Right? Like he was not an offensive player by any stretch of the imagination, had a really, really good final college season. If he continues that he's going to be damn good for somebody. He can lock down defensively. I just don't know if I buy it. Um, but you know, he could be that guy that goes 14 to the warriors. Cause no one wanted to take a gamble on his age and he ends up being a freaking all-star. Like, yeah. Like, like what he showed in college is all-star level stuff. Is that something he can carry on? I don't know. What he showed in this last season, I don't know. Like like you said, Nick, his product as a whole is what really worries me. And maybe that's unfair because like, you know, I just made a counter argument about that with Scotty Barnes only one year in college. Don't take too much stock into that. But like you said, we did see more of that with, with uh, Davion because he did play longer um, in college. Again, just another like role comparison, not comparing games or at uh, directly skills directly, but like Marcus Smart, less less of a defender. I don't think he'll reach that level defensively, but that kind of role for a contending team, it's kind of where I see him fitting, like especially if he goes to Golden State, uh, being able to knock down outside shots, create for some other teammates, although to a much lesser level than some all stars, um, like obviously Steph. And then being able to play solid defense, and he's just—he's a competitor. So he's a guy that everybody's going to root for. Love having on your team. Don't think he'll be an all-star. I think uh, I don't know. Actually, I know about Jake. Do you, Nick or Taylor? How much college hoops do you guys watch? Quite a bit. Yeah, I'm going to say okay. I, I okay. watch more NBA, but I watch a fair share. Of right. Okay. Big Twelve. because so, yeah. yeah, I watch a ton of Big Twelve basketball and. The way he played all year uh, was surprising to me. And then people really got to know his name just because of his how he played in the tournament. He just ripped off yep. game after game after game. And you saw what he did in the national title game against like Gonzaga, which has other, uh, you know, it, NBA the top talent. five. Yeah. And he just like killed it. And he's so thick and he's a little bit older. And he just like overwhelmed opponents and he overwhelmed everybody, especially in that Gonzaga game where you have three NBA legit NBA prospects, top 14 NBA prospects right there um, on the court. And he was just so good. And so I wonder about his jump because he was a good player last year, but he wasn't this good last year. And I think that a team like the Warriors would make sense for him just because they are ready to win now. Uh, and I think he could be a guy you could throw on the floor and he'll at least play good defense for you and be able to facilitate offense. But I don't think he's ever going to be an all-star. The only yeah. thing that concerns me a bit is the fact that from the start of the tournament till they won the championship, he went from a consensus like mid to late 20s guy to a potential top 10. I mean, yeah, the tournament's the biggest stage. Like He balled out, he did his thing, but... I don't know if that warrants jumping. You no, know, it's spots. it's the same thing as uh, Shabazz Napier. Remember when he yeah, did he right killed thing. it in the yes. tournament? And, then, like, and how you, how's he doing in the league? Yeah, right. you know, like Oklahoma media being like Shabazz, Shabazz, like even on <laughs> Twitter the night that. before they even pick. <laughs> yeah, and they went with remember, LeBron like, wanted him so that, bad that they yeah that he went and yeah. drafted him like all those rumors. Yeah, yeah, and then he was out. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Here's my here's my thoughts on Davion Mitchell, and you guys can push back against this all you want. Um, 
I, I'd love to hear counterpoints to this. But you guys have mentioned how well he played this past season, how he just annihilated, like Calmier said, annihilated everybody in the tournament. The kid was 22, right? Going up against like a 19-year-old Jalen Suggs, uh, an 18 or 19-year-old on this other team. Like if Jalen Suggs was 22 yeah, and Davion Mitchell was 22, like I think Jalen Suggs is is pushing him around, right? Like Jalen was in college and had a college weight program for – one year, Davion's had it for four. And so and we talk about like making the jump. Has Davion already made his jump? Is he at his his peak as a basketball player? Right. I mean, he'll he'll undoubtedly like tighten things up a little bit more. But I think some of these other younger guys have much more of a leap to make. And so I just I'm out on him. I'm well, out I that's why I mentioned his age. I I think like you guys said, it again, like all these, uh, um the in terms of the fit. Like if he goes to a team like the Warriors who are a good team, have gone through injuries, which is why they're picking high as they are. I think that's a really good fit, really good pick for a team like the Warriors. But if you're a young team like the Thunder or any of these top five teams, like you shouldn't waste a top pick like that drafting Dave Bell Mitchell. I agree. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? And not that this player is bad by any means. They just, I don't think they ever improved a ton. Yeah. Like Buddy Heald came out of OU like yeah. old. That's a good one. And he was a top pick. Not to say he was a bust or anything like that, but how much has Buddy Hield improved in the past five years? Yeah. No, I agree. I, right? I can't tell just considering he's, you know, Kangs, right? It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell about this guy. That, that, that's, that's the ultimate <laughs> test right there. All right, let's move on to our next Black guy. That's hole. a lot on Deveon Mitchell. Uh, next guy, a guy that I hope the Thunder draft so we can hear uh, Taylor pronounce his name uh, every postgame. Shangoon. Shangoon. Alperen Shengun. Uh, let me <laughs> look up here what Kevin O'Connor has. Shades of Nikola Vucevic, DeMontis Sabonis, Sabonis yeah. Ennis Cantor. Uh, the Ennis Cantor one, yeah, big guys from Lazy Turkey. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Nick, feelings on <laughs> Shengun. I like him a lot. Um, assuming he can get a jumper because that dude is – he's listed 6'10". I don't even know if he's 6'10", dude. Like, yeah. Did you see the picture of he's, him next to um, uh, Hassan Whiteside? Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like yeah. way smaller than Hassan. Right. But he's right. not a seven footer. No, but he's no. like, he's, got he's like, strength. he's like 245 pounds, which is great. Right. Right. Um, but I just like, like if he can't develop a jump shot, there's not a center in this league. Like Bam, Bam can stretch the floor a little bit, but there's not a center in this league that's six nine and can just bully guys. You yeah. know, okay. Let, let me throw something out here, Nick, and see what you think of this. Uh, especially one of the shades of that that KOC had. Shengun did not shoot the ball very much in Turkey. Uh, started to later on in the season. Has good free throw numbers. Looks like he has a good stroke. Uh, he just we didn't see a lot of it on tape. I get a little bit of DeMontis Sabonis from that because Sabonis never shot shot the ball from deep at Gonzaga. Came or to OKC no that first year, and that's all they asked him to do was was Remember, space the floor. We right? Like it, it was worse than Giannis at the free throw line. Like it was he he didn't shoot a free throw for forever until like almost the yeah. end of the season. And it, yeah, I wonder weird. if there's a little of something there, yeah. Nick. You know, as far as he didn't shoot it because that's not what his team over in Turkey wanted him to mm-hmm. do. But maybe he does have a pretty good stroke. And an NBA team is definitely going to encourage him to do that. I'll tell you what he does have is a little bit of that Jokic fadeaway 
Yes. It is the goofiest looking thing, and he like moonshots it. But, but he, it like works. Turn around and he like it's like it's the weirdest looking thing, but it's it goes in. He's able to maneuver his body in a super strange way, but he's able to keep his balance, which is so impressive. Yeah. Um he I don't want to say he avoids contact was a very strong player in the post, but you don't see, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm so torn on him. I think it's at the jumper. You mentioned the jumper, Nick, like I think the jumper is there. The foundation's there. I think when he gets with an NBA team, it's going to be just fine. I mean, obviously we saw that in the videos when he was working out with somebody, right? Oh, what he has no choice. Absolutely. Which is why I think we saw uh, Steven Adams working out with uh, the guard whisperer or whatever and shooting three pointers here a month ago. But I mean, there's also like I saw him like doing some step back three point shots, um, not often, but you know those are in the highlight reels. But still, like he can do it. Um, but it's the defense that really worries me. I just like you said, he's shorter than a lot of those guys he's going to be guarding, whether he's at the power yeah. forward position or the center position. No, I don't think you can play him at the four. If right. you play him at the four, he is going to get cooked. Because you he's have too to slow. play him at the five, yeah. and I worry he's too he's small too to small. defend fives. That man basically right. cook him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm 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 out on Shangun, guys. I I'm hoping OKC will get a big forward so they don't have to draft a guy like Shangun. I I, I don't know how much the Thunder even like him, um, but yeah. I would much rather see Jonathan Kaminga and Scotty Barnes and Josh Giddy than I would rather have James Booknight and Alpern Shangun. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but that's how I feel about Nate it. Nate in the chat is killing me, but I didn't notice yeah. that he uh. There was a teaser that Mike Schmitz tweeted out. He's doing some film breakdowns, and uh, yeah, he he had a translator with him, which is really interesting. Yeah, Shangun does not speak English, which I can't even imagine. I can't social, either. Oh my The gosh. social barriers after he gets drafted and comes over to America, like, yep. do, is your translator just with you twenty four seven? How are you communicating on the basketball court with your teammates? How are you ordering Great. lunch? Uh, how are you shopping for a house? Like, I, I just the social barriers for an eighteen, nineteen year old moving to a country that you've never been to before and unable to communicate has to be incredibly challenging. Yep. Incredibly challenging. So, all right, next guy on the list. Kamir just mentioned him. Uh, from down under, we have Josh Giddy, uh, KOC, shades of Joe Ingles, Kyle Anderson, Evan Turner. I don't really like those. The I, Joe I Ingles one, I can see a little bit. Not only for the know, Aussie yeah. connection, but like the Joe Ingles is a really good passer, handles the ball and pick and roll is a lot taller. I can see a little bit of that. I, I don't like any of those comps, to be honest, from what I've seen. Um, I don't know if I can find a better one. Like I'm, I'm yeah, right. calling that Keandre out. But like, from hoop intellect has him as a uh, taller Ricky Rubio. Yeah. I like that. that. Um, I mean the, the lazy comparison, but one that I think is a little better than the ones that KOC throughout is like a, again, Ben Simmons, right? Like, a very tall playmaking uh, lead ball handler, but not necessarily just a point guard. The athleticism though, but yes, he doesn't have the athleticism and the shots about the same level, which worries me. Yeah. So Nick, can, can Josh Giddy be the all-star in the, in the five to nine range? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not think you were going to say that. I I think so. I, I think, I mean, we've seen him triple double quite a bit on the big stage, you know, throughout their, their big tournament over there in the postseason. Um, I don't know. He, he just has the intangibles to do it. I think he's limited as an athlete. Um, he's, he's not a score first guy, but at the same time, when Luca came over, 
Um, he was not a score first guy. He averaged like, I want to say like 12 points a game his last season overseas. Some guys yep. just kind of flip a switch. And when they be at, when they get asked to score the ball, they do it, but we know he can rebound for his size. We know he can pass for his size. If he becomes a, a solid offensive player and, and averages, you know, 18, 10 and eight might make an all-star team. Come here. How many thoughts on Josh? Nah. I mean, I'm I'm not that high on him, um, but again, then again, I'm not as low on him as like you guys are on Keon Johnson. Um, I think he could be really special, but I don't think he could be anything like an all-star guy. I think he'd be like a really good role player, a really good starter in the league, uh, but I don't see him being an all-star or anything. Yeah, I see him as being more of a lower ceiling kind of guy, personally. Yep. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Let's move on to the. Well, we can group the last two together. I think we have the two Johnsons, Jalen and Keon. Uh, I know Nick is higher on Jalen Johnson than I think the rest of us are, um, but either of these guys have all star potential. Jalen easily. I think Jalen has the talent. I really do. I agree with Nick. I think it's more so just his mentality and his personality um again like the team he goes to is so important here because he's either going to be off the court in one or two seasons or he is going to get on the right track and have a really good career um because even with everything that went on all the uncertainty he's still I mean, again like just a perfect example he was invited to the green room because there's a high chance he does go late lottery or right outside of it so i think i'm with you nick i the talent's mm. there for sure if i had to I choose think- one of the two to be an all-star i would choose keon I would choose Keon to, to put the tools together eventually to pair with the insane athleticism over Jalen. But that's that's just my personal take. If Jalen if Jalen didn't leave Duke early, I think he's a lock at five. <laughs> oh wow. I really do. Like he wow. is like go 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 watch his transition game. Like when he's in the open court and he, and he he's a that's he's a solid defender too. Like me. his transition game is absurd. Like he can yeah. finish in traffic, he can push the ball in the modern NBA. When you're just pushing, 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 like he is going to be a stud. So we've got we've gone through all the guys I have on the list here that could go five through nine. Once again, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, James Booknight, Franz Wagner, Davion Mitchell, Alperin Shengun, Josh Giddy, Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson. If you guys have to pick one of those guys. Because the odds are one, only one of those guys becomes an all, all-star slash all-NBA performer. If you've got to pick one, which one are you going with? Jalen Johnson. Ooh. Jonathan Kuminga. And I'm going Scotty Barnes. Okay, then I'll, I'll keep the theme here and keep not doubling up on one. I'll go book night. I like it. I like it a lot. See, yeah. and I think that's where what we're seeing like with – us doing this exercise is what we've seen with analysts, with scouts, with GMs. It's all over the entire place. league. Exactly. Can I ask a question to flip it on its head real quick? Mm-hmm. So we know the, the top five, give, give us statistics for the, was it top four was the top, threshold? Top four. Yeah. You want those numbers again? Yeah. 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 Uh, players drafted in the top four between 07 and 16, 47.5% to become an all-star 35% to be an all NBA player. So it's roughly 20% of a bump. Is yes. That, okay. Double, so, double. You're doubling. So with that in mind, I'm going to be the pessimist. I'm going to be the commiar here. Um, are you willing <laughs> to trade away a whole bunch of draft capital 
knowing that you still got less than a 50% chance of that happening. Yes. That's, that's a good point. If, if it's trade six, 16, 18, and three future firsts, including <laughs> next year's Clippers pick. So you trade four. six picks away to get three or four, uh, especially in the top four in this class. I think I'm doing it because if, if you tell me Ooh. I have either a coin flip or a one in five chance, I'm playing the odds. What like I just really, really, I know I'm, I'm we know 16 and 18 is going to be even lower percentage to land a guy like that. And then those three future firsts at the end of the day, what is the percentage chance that one of them ends up being one through five? It's pretty, it's pretty slim. So I would throw all of those in, you know, it's, Really, this is a question of, do you want a whole bunch of darts with one eye closed to throw at the dartboard? Or do you want one dart, both eyes open, bright lit room, and one yeah. step forward to throw at the dartboard? You can see what you get. I just, I really, really, already, really, really like next year's draft, even more than this one. I'm, you're never going to make all the picks. I'm cashing them in and I'm getting my better percentage chance. Yeah. Yeah. Just my personal opinion, though. Speaking of the draft, let's continue on with some draft talk here. I went to DraftKings.com to look up some of the over-unders for players and where they will get drafted at. I'm going to go around in a roundtable here, ask you guys, and you're going to give me either over or under. All right? Call me, are you first up? Zaire Williams. He's over under at 18.5. Will he get drafted in the top 18 Ooh. or later? Uh, take the under. Ooh, okay. How much under do you think? Not much under 18.5. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm at. Exactly where I'm at. Touche. Like I can see him in 19.20. Yeah, Taylor, exactly. Keon, this, this one's wild to me, and, and this one's I easy know. money to me. Taylor Keon Johnson at eight and a half. Oh yeah. Give me the under there. I think he goes more towards like bottom lottery, even right outside of the lottery. You mean the over over. or the over? Yes. Sorry. I'm looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) Keon's more like 13 through 20. Right. I agree. Nick Alperin Shengun at 13.5. Over. Over. Wow. How much over? Um, I think he's 16 to 18 range. Wow. If he's there and I'm the thunder and I still have 16 and 18, I take him 16, yeah, 18 range. Huh? <laughs> uh, call me our back to you. This one was also wild to me. Davion Mitchell at eight and a half. That's way over. Holy crap. That's what I, think. I don't know. I think that one's banking on all the rumors of uh, Mitchell State. to Golden State. Yeah. I, I don't think maybe I don't think this is a hot take either. I don't think Golden State keeps the picks. They're they're moving off of them. They're moving off of them. Yep. yep. Taylor James Book Knight at ten and a half. This one's pretty accurate, but I'm still going under. I think he'll he'll be top ten and not ten. I'll put it that way. I uh, I, I agree with you. I don't personally. I don't think he gets past Orlando at eight. Yep. Agreed. I don't think he gets past Orlando. Speaking at eight. of Orlando's going to have a hell of a draft. Yeah, yeah they've no already kidding. got a I lot mean- of talent, man. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that. They're in a really good position. Nick Moses Moody at 12 and a half. Way under. Yeah. Like top 10. Oh yeah. I kind of think so. Also, I think, I think clutch guy. Um, they only signed the best of the best. He had a great pro day. He's got the huge wingspan. He can shoot. He can defend. Like he's got everything you want in a player. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he goes nine to the Kings. Yeah, I could see that. I think that makes some sense. I like him. I do too. I he's do awesome. Too. He's great. I'd I take him too. over. I'd take him over Book Knight. His 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 shooting stroke Which is, is. I think that's fair. I so. I think Book Knight has a higher ceiling, but I think Moses has a much much higher floor. Yeah, I'd I be think, very happy with Moody. I think Moody is going to be a very 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 mm-hmm. good role player in this league. Um, Robert Covington, eh? Yeah, or better. Or better. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, Taylor, you want to take us uh, on a trip through the comments real quick? Let's uh, do it. Pull up any questions before With this cool we get new on. Uh, chat overlay feature that I have uh, found out, although it's there not pulling up for me, but, you know, that's okay. Um, so... Uh, Marcus Kruger had a pretty fun fact. So I'll go ahead and share while I'm looking for other questions. Um, an OU chemistry professor was the science advisor for Breaking Bad. I did not know that. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so Sean's making fun of uh, Nick's connection there. We, we lost Nick's video. Um, and his <laughs> make fun of his lighting. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, Arvin asks, if Barnes gets taken before six. Would you guys be okay taking either Book Knight or Giddy over Kaminga? I'd trade down to do it. I think that's probably the smart plan, right? If you know somebody's really, really high on Kaminga. I don't know. I, I mentioned my apprehension on Kaminga earlier. I think if anyone has the chance to get this kid to buy in and to develop him and and to get him to a better place, it's Oklahoma City. And yep. so I'd I'd roll the dice there if I'm OKC. If it's Kaminga at six, I'd take Kaminga. I agree Same. with that. Same. Um, we have a lot of que- or a, a couple questions here when we were going through Book Night. I know we spent a lot of time on him. So um, Sean asked, or not asked, but uh, he basically was making the comparison of Lou Williams, like a Lou Williams type, not specifically Lou, but that kind of type of player for Book Night. What do you guys think about that comparison? Yeah, that that role certainly. Like I like, like that Lou, role. Lou Will could have good. could have started for a lot of years and just embraced the bench role. I don't know if if Book Knight could start for years and just wants to be a bench guy. It's kind of a, a rare thing, but yep. I see him in the role that Lou ultimately played. I yeah, could I mean, see yeah, Book Knight like, being more like a Terrence Ross kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I is like, a similar like similar role. Yes, yeah, so yeah. For most of his most yeah. of his career, like that's why I say like. Zach Levine and in Jordan Clarkson, he can, he's, a, he's a scorer off the bench, and he can be he can really score the ball for you. But I don't I don't see him in a much bigger role. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Aiden also asked about Book Knight. He asked Book Knight versus Dort, and Aiden, um, I'm just inferring here, but I think what you're talking about is like similarities and differences, maybe. I think um, he's asking so who would you rather or have, other. or who would you? Okay, okay. I think that's fun, and as, that as low fun. as low as I am on Book Night, I'd rather have Book Night than Dort. Ooh. Not to not to say I would swap them out one for one right now, but you guys know I'm I'm team trade Dort before you got to pay him. I think, I think Book Knight has a higher ceiling. I think if you can draft, if if you if you trade sixteen and eighteen to get ten, and you take Book Knight at ten. You're hitting those phones and you're trading Lou Dort for a big package. That's that's what I wonder. I I, like I have wondered about that. Sure. <laughs> I think I I just a part of me wonders if Presty does, you know, has been thinking about that, has that planned out. But with that being said, Dort is elite enough, I think, on the defensive end 
that I'm not sure he's already almost there if he isn't already. And I'm not sure Book Knight will ever be elite at anything. So because of that, I still lean Dort. Am I crazy to think that I, I just feel like there might be something there with like 6, 16, or 6 and next year's Clippers pick plus Dort to get up to 8. Or sorry, not to 8, uh, to 4, to the, to the Toronto Raptors. Makes a lot of sense. I would do it. I've also been thinking about this. This is maybe just random thought time as well. I think a good comp for Jalen Suggs might be Mike Conley. Yeah. Better defensively. You think Suggs Conley is better is, defensively? Dude, Conley Suggs, is a, wow. Suggs is a great defender. Conley was a really good defender, though, in Memphis. I just Suggs has so much more athleticism that I, I agree, and he has that bulldog mentality that Conley never really has had. Suggs is like like the bulldog bulldog defensively go is like, is like the key word for him. Like he he doesn't care if you're a ten time all star. He is in your grill. Like I love Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is my guy. If the Jaylen, Thunder had pick number one, like obviously you have to go. <laughs> I love Green. Uh, obviously you have to take K, but like. I almost wonder if the Suggs fit next to Shea is better than any of those guys. Suggs, I just see your eyes a point. Suggs is also the the if if you had to sit ask me like who would be the the shocking guy to fall to six. I if Suggs fell to six on draft day to the Thunder, I, I would not I would not be shocked. Hmm. If Suggs fell to six on the Thunder on draft day, you better call an ambulance because the erection's <laughs> lasting longer than four yeah, hours. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm Jeez, not saying no there's a high. I'm not saying there's a high chance of that happening, but I would not be shocked. I, I really. Um, I think it was Ryan Russillo said that Jalen Suggs, uh, of his offensive possessions, four percent of his offensive possessions were isolations. So that's perfect next to Shea. Elite that, next to Shea. Yeah. yeah. Shay was ninety six percent unassisted, so there's the oh other four percent. Let's oh. stop talking about it. I'm getting too excited already. Yeah, yeah. We need yeah. to move on to the next question. Yep, uh, <laughs> I'm with you guys, Aiden. Uh, again, he. So we talked about Giddy there. He has a Giddy Lamelo comparison. In tra- the transition passing, I can see it. All the other aspects of the and game. the jumbo size, but yes, yeah. the passing yeah. and the rebounding for sure, but. Lamelo is, of the is size. ten times the score and ten times the athlete. So mm-hmm. here's here's another fun one, uh, kind of in the um, same regard from Nate Sanders. If for some reason Barnes and Camingo are available, who would you take? For me, this one's Barnes, and it's not particularly close. Camingo. See, I take, I, I take Camingo too. Okay, so I, I I think Barnes as well. I'm with Jacob. We're still that that's fun. Split down the middle. And so, I also think it's not particularly close. Whoa, even more split down the middle. Civil War. I like it. Um, so th- this isn't really a question that we need to answer particularly, but just to Nick's point, Sean also asked this before Nick even brought this up here a little bit ago. Sean said, are we sure that Jalen Suggs doesn't slip to six? And that's exactly what Nick was getting at there. Um, I don't think he slips to, to six. This is Par- the reason why. If you get to, to four, if he gets to four, which we all think he will, and I'm Toronto, I'm telling everybody, I'm taking Jalen Suggs. And if you want him, you better call and offer me something because in three minutes, I'm calling this pick into the commissioner. Yep. And yep. he's not getting past four because even if Toronto, or yeah, past four, because even if Toronto doesn't want him, they are getting something to give up that pick so somebody exactly. else can get him. I could, I could see, I could see 
the Luca Trey type trade yes. between the Thunder and the and the Raptors, like we know that you don't want Suggs. We'll give you a, a first round pick next year or the year after just to swap four and six. And you get the guy that you wanted anyways, and you get you get your uh, future asset. I agree with you there. The only reason I don't think that works is because Orlando's sitting there at five, and I guarantee you they'll swap up Scotty Barnes. So you have to work out like I mean, it just gets way too complicated. I think I don't they know. really like Scotty. I don't. I, I've I've heard I also that think too. They I, take I, thugs. I, I think I think Kuminga fits better in in Orlando. They've got I, oh, their I, they've I got their defensive you. Florida State jumbo wing already. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I also think it depends on what Toronto is going to do, right? Are right. they tearing it down? Kyle Lowry's out the door. Uh, we're going to trade Pascal Siakam. We're, we're going to go back to the drawing board. Or is it we're giving the fans in Toronto who didn't have a team last year because it was in Tampa one more run at it? And in that case, I could see some sort of trade that's like six next year's Clippers pick and, and Lou Dort for four or something like that. Yeah. Um, so shout out Carrie. <laughs> Carrie always seems to listen to us when he's traveling or listen to our live streams while he's traveling. Uh, he just landed in Salt Lake City for a layover and glad he, that he can listen. Um, can't wait to listen while he's on his flight home. So shout out Carrie. But he has a question here. He asked, What package will you guys make? Or sorry, what package would make you guys happy um, in return for a trade involving Lou Dort? Pick seven. For me, it's a move up. Yeah, move up. You wouldn't take pick seven for Dort straight up? No, I would. No. But I, what makes me more happy is a trade. I don't know if I do. You wouldn't take seven, Taylor. No, I think you can get a similar player of, of <laughs> Taylor value. Taylor is so married to Dort. I love it. I am. I am. But I also think you can get a, like, a very similar player of value at 16 in this draft as you can at seven. It's just you know like he's, a he's due for an extension in one year. Pam. Damn. Damn I wanna, money. You, you want to pay Lou Dort big money. We got lots Dude, of money available. Too. This isn't the like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook days. Shit. Hey. We aren't like bringing Lonzo Ball in as much as we all want to. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. That's, good. That's a good question, though. I wonder. Yeah. I want, and I wonder how much of. I wonder how much vested kind of. Not really interest is not the right word, but uh, maybe trust in Shea that they might that Sam Presti had with Russ and KD about like future moves to the roster. I wonder if Shea's being included in those discussions yet, or if it's too early in the process for him to be included in that stuff. Nick is saying no while drinking things. Dude, Shea (laughs) Shea is Shea's the golden child. Like they're they're I mean he's not making decisions, but they're they're consulting him for sure. I think they're they're moving forward with him and, and I agree. I wonder with I wonder how much that would weigh on a loot trade then. Yeah. So uh yeah, true. That's a good point. And, and I've been wondering that as well. Um they definitely are close uh Canada ties, but at the same time to Nick's point here a couple or I think it was last week, like <clears throat> Shea wants to win a championship. Yeah, I don't um, think I don't think Shea is saying trade Lou to get this guy. But I think if Presty came to him and said, "We can get this guy, but it's going to take Lou," I we think we can get Jay Suggs, but it's going to take I Lou. Shay says, "I want to win games." Yeah, let's. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'll Colton go visit Davis, Lou in Toronto. Another book night comparison here. He said, uh, "Book night, could he be a Demar Derozan?" I do. I think so. Demar I don't hate that can't comparison. shoot from outside of fifteen feet, though. 
Did you see Jalen Sugg's stats in college? Wait, Go he's talking at, about book night. I, yeah, we're talking about uh, that's, book that's night. That's what I meant. Have you seen oh, book yeah, night yeah. stats in college is what I meant. Well, yeah, but I think the con, I think context there is big too. Like, again, I know this stat gets brought up all the time. Book Knight never shot an open shot in college, right? Like, he was the only offense. I think his offense looks much different. And whenever he has space on an NBA court, I think he will be a much different player. I don't see Book Knight being a mid post back to the basket kind of guy. No, 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 no. But I also, I also think, think he could be a guy that's a, a solid scorer without ever being like, like DeMar DeRozan still shoots threes. Oh, okay. I think you're referring to like having a DeMar DeRozan type of like career maybe where I'm thinking the style of play of DeMar DeRozan. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't think their styles of play mirror. No, 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 no. But I'm saying saying like like their careers and like being high-level scorers without being a Steph Curry 45% shooter from three. I think they're both crafty offensive scorers and could have similar roles. Yeah, in the NBA yeah. level. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, Demar lives in like that mid post turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just book night's never going to do that. I don't. think. No, 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 no. So one more question that will um will actually answer, and then one more question that will uh, answer really quickly because it'll be a quick answer. This one is from our Owasso uh, friend, a friend of Nick and I's, uh, Nate Sanders. Asked, do GMs know the picks before they are shown on TV, or do they literally see if someone is available, then have five minutes to come up with the deal? I think my answer from Nate here is that the groundwork for these trades are being laid well, well in advance, which is why some of these rumors are leaking already two weeks out. Um, and yes, they continue, but when you get to, um, oh yeah, Nate did not go to, sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of Matt because uh, I was, Matt was, I was about to me. say, Nate, I, sorry, Nate sorry if I don't remember you, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Sanders went to Owasso and uh, he was texting me here a little bit ago. Um, Anyways, <laughs> yes, I think GMs know. Um, if Wolves know, knows, the GMs know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there's so much communication going on on draft night that GMs know who who wants to pick who, who's slated to go where, what teams have who on their big boards, how they can maneuver around, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the last one, this is one of I, we can answer quickly. Uh, Carrie asked, are you guys going to Summer League? We should find out mid next week. Yeah, we'll let you Nick, know. Nick will be there. He's we're going either way. All of us are going either way. I've already decided <laughs> for us. Okay. Us. Hey, yeah. Dad. <laughs> I think Tommy, you're out, right? You said you aren't going. This is correct. Yeah, that's what I was, and I think Justin's out as well. So I'm bringing us all three the podcast money and betting it all on red. Just yeah, so there you go. Or should I go black? That's okay. That's okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Before we get out of here, guys, let's take a quick trip around the association. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> There's not much around the association to do. It's just going to one particular city right now. Phoenix, Arizona, as the Bucks win game five. We're heavy, heading towards a closeout game six. Here's my question for you guys. Simple enough. We getting a game seven? Yup. Yup. Yes, See, that's how I felt. I felt that the Bucks were going to win last night, and I strongly feel that the Suns are going to win Tuesday. Closeout games are incredibly difficult Finals closeout games for a team that's never won it before, who none of their players yeah. have ever won it before, going to be just monumental. I think the Suns win in, win in game six. I think we go to a game seven. Can I vent real quick? Yeah. I'm going to completely change topics. Is that okay? Uh-oh. All right. Yeah, whatever, man. Let's do it. Why is JaVale McGee in the Olympics? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, you know, Giannis, I just don't know. No, if Completely. Is there any two better people to represent the United States of America than JaVale McGee and Draymond Green? I mean, Draymond what? Green is like today's Charles Barkley, so I don't give a crap. But that's, but yeah, JaVale McGee, I saw, I, I figured Keon Johnson, not Keon Johnson, my God, Keldon, <laughs> Keldon, <laughs> same thing. He had, if he had 15 off the bench tonight. Yeah. yeah and, and like, I thought that was a good pickup because he's already on the team, anyways. He knows the Spurs system. He plays well with Pop. It can make sense. And he was one of and the dudes that was really well. Yeah, exactly. He's in shape. And yeah, they 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 dropped they dropped a, a three point shooting power forward and a and a shooting guard and added Keldon, which makes sense, like Kamara said, yep. and then a a yeah a bench center at best. See, like my, my confusion was, was like how quickly that announcement came out. Like, was Javale their first call? Hell, there's no way. There's no way. I keep on I think thinking like, about, but I keep on thinking about the coaches, like. Steve Kerr's or, or or Pop was like, all right, well, Keldon's already here and he does all the dirty work for us at San Antonio and he's filling this role and like maybe inspires other guys to actually play hard on defense. And then like, hey, Steve, 
what's the guy with some grit that will like, you know, that that you really like. And Steve Kerr calls up JaVale McGee because I know they're, they're short on big men, but it just makes too much sense that JaVale played for Steve and then Keldon already played for Pop. I, I think know. that's well, it. That's there's a, a lot point. of politics that I, I go think into this. Also, you got to consider the, the guys that are not playing. Well, one of the guys, the main guy not playing is due to health and safety protocols. Yeah. If you're an agent of a player that gets a call and says, hey, do you want to last minute go to Tokyo and play in the Olympics? You're being called because there's a health and safety protocols issue going on in the team. You're probably going to be like, eh, no, I would imagine. Trey Young was five, it. See, that's. At least five guys said no before they got to JaVale, is what I'm saying. That, yes, I agree with that. But the weird thing to me is that, like, Trey and Jaw both came out, like, on Twitter publicly, like, very upset they didn't get an opportunity, which makes me think that there's some kind of weird, like, old school, new school thing in the league going on right now, but or not in the league, but in Team USA going on right now with, like, Pop kind of being the head of that and basically telling these young guys, like, oh, you guys will get your turn. Sorry. I don't know. It's just it's just so strange to me. I, yeah. I don't get it. If I'd rather see Moses football, Brown. Still a bad player, yeah, right? <laughs> it's not good. Javale shouldn't even be on the damn list. It, right? They, they should not have Javale's they number. Should, they should have just called. Uh, Javale's not even a top twenty center. Javale shouldn't even 30. be in the NBA. They should just call Jokic. <laughs> should have just called Jokic. I don't know how it works, but I wish. Yeah. I mean, he has American citizenship now, right? So I mean, he said he said no to his home. He said no to his home country. Can you imagine how that yeah. would go over? Oh yeah, in gold. That's how it would go over. That's yeah, true. it's uh, just a mess, man. It really is. But, but like going back, back to the, the finals. T- yeah, you got. Uh, I told Jake guys, today, Suns and seven, man. Sons. Well, those guys. As, as soon as that series is over. um, it's Middleton, Book, and, Book, and then I think there's one other. Um, Drew Holiday. I think all three of them are heading, to, or apparently heading to Tokyo. Yep. So um, that'd be a huge, much, much needed boost to this Team USA. Yeah, but how I'm tired you guys are guys going to be? Like, holy right. crap! I know it would have been it. awesome. Evan Mobley. They bring yeah. on the the rookie again, like yes. they did back in the day. That'd be and sick. Cunningham let Kate play sick. and bring in yeah, Jalen Suggs. Those like, those agents are saying hell oh, no for sure, for sure. Fair. But yeah, let's go to Tokyo. Freaking snap your leg in half, pull a Paul George, <laughs> need amputation, That's and then you true. don't go in the draft. It'd be sick. Okay, when that happened, he could see that. Actually, the can't... Olympic starts on draft day. I think so. They'd be fine. Yeah, let's see if he can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the contract isn't signed on draft day. They would, st- if Evan Mobley slapped his leg the day after he was drafted, they'd still sign his ass. Probably. They would. Know. They would. You're telling me they're going to take that number three pick and then not sign him and just waste it? Well, you just, you, you wait two years to sign it at that point because you have his rights. Uh, that's a Joel Embiid all over again. That that, that's, that's how you lose your guy when he comes back and he's still an all NBA guy and you, and he doesn't want to play for you any longer. And I, I mentioned Jabari Parker earlier and B I'm reading that book by Jake Fisher, uh, built to lose. Um, and, and B was going number oral. It, it was thought that Embiid was going to go number one to Cleveland until he had that injury and yep. the, pre-draft workouts and they went with Wiggins instead. Milwaukee decided to go with Jabari and Milwaukee really, really liked Embiid and then Philly ended up getting Embiid. When are you going to read my book? <laughs> your book? You mean your, your article? <laughs> All right, last library. Last finals question before we get out of here. Of these two teams, 
Which one is more likely to make it back to the finals next year? Bucks. Oh, the Bucks by a mile. Easy. Chris Paul may not be there. Yep. I think I agree. I think Chris Paul will be there, but I do too. But at some point, at the some West point, is stupid still. Age yes. catches up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At some point, the age is going to catch up. Yeah. I, I think, I think the Suns will still be really good next year. I think the Suns have a phenomenal foundation, but I think the Bucks have a better chance of running it back. I agree with that. I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks have already got here. Yes. Injuries helped a little bit, but I mean, Drew Holiday has had a horrible playoffs and the Bucks. You put them in a half court offense, and they basically just pull down their pants, shit at half court, and walk back on defense. I mean, they can't do anything <laughs> in the half court. Can't so, wait to campaign. Drew hasn't had as bad of finals as people. I, offensively, yes, it's been it's been poor up until last night, but defensively, is he's been a huge factor um, for this Bucks team. Definitely. So, all right, guys, awesome podcast. Thank you all for tuning in live, and if you are listening to this podcast. Uh, the following day. Thank you so much. Go drop a five-star rating wherever you get your pods from. Nick will be live on the Spotify Green Room Monday evening. So go join him. We will be doing a live pod from the Green Room on Wednesday nights. And then we'll be back for another Green Room hangout on Friday. So tons of content coming your way before we are back for another live stream next Sunday at 9 p.m. Make sure to join our live stream on draft night. Be on the lookout for all of the contests and giveaways that we'll be tweeting out as we approach this next week. You guys have a great beginning of your week. We will talk to you soon. And as always, thunder up. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com